Hey. Yeah, that, that week was crazy, man. That week was straight up bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Uh, it, was, it was crazy. As you can tell, we spent a lot of time outside, which is awesome because there was a big smoke cloud that week. I don't know if you remember that from like two weeks ago. Um, but it cleared when we got to camp, and we really called it the miracle week that God just let us be outside with kids, and it was awesome. And then we also had so much fun in our small groups and our teaching time that was just for third through fifth graders. And that is why I'm here to talk about that age group, that phase, elementary students today. Uh, so thanks for being here. If you're an Otis, thank you guys for being here as well. And we are just going to unpack this phase of kindergarten to fifth graders. You know, it's the phase where your kindergartner comes up and is like, Mom, you have so many wrinkles. <laughs> and you're like, thanks. I love you, child. <laughs> Uh, it's the phase where one of your kids gets to go to a slumber party or have a friend stay over, but the other one doesn't. <laughs> How's that go? You know, oh, that's not fair. And they say it so calmly and matter of fact, they're like, yeah, that, that was unfair. No, it's a, that's not fair. And the whole night is ruined. It's that phase. It's your favorite phase. Uh, it, it's, it's the phase where you get a new backpack and it's a new school year and you go into the classroom and you're now away from mom and dad, and you step in, and you know, it's like new, new room, new classmates, new teacher, and they look around, and they go, is anybody in here going to be my friend? Is, is anybody in here going to like me? And that's the defining question of this phase. It is, will they like me? And they can be a lot of places. It can be school. It can be at birthday parties. It can be soccer teams. It can be at church. You walk into a room, and you go, will they like me? And that's what they're looking for, the answer to this question. And, and it's, it's, it's a huge opportunity for us, but it's a huge challenge. Um, but it starts, we, we know this, Jesus, when he was 12 years old, we don't know a lot about Jesus as a child, but one of the things we know from Luke 2:52 is this, and Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So we know Jesus, as a, as a child, was growing his body and his brain, and that people liked him. It was just shocking because Jesus like, was perfect, did everything right. And you're like, oh, man, people, people appreciate that? Um, yeah, surprise. Um, but kids grow up, and they go, does anyone like me? They don't ask it. like They don't say, man, am I growing in favor with God and man? Uh, if your kid asks it that way, um, they're a freak is really the case. Uh, what they say is, am I going to have friends if I go there? And they don't necessarily need friends to go there, but once they get there, they want to know that they're going to have a friend there. They're, someone needs to like them. As we unpack the Bible, we learn that God loves them. God likes them. God wants them to be a part of his kingdom. But there is a struggle here. And the struggle is this, that kids are such concrete thinkers. Like the way their brains are developing, they don't understand abstract concepts very well. And the whole Christian faith is really just full of abstract concepts. And we learn this uh, as we tell kids, like, hey, trust in God. And you go like, who's God? And you say, God, he's everywhere. And they'll look around. What? <laughs> no, no. Hey, you need to have faith, which Hebrews tells us faith is uh, being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we cannot see. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. mm. Interesting. Interesting choice. Um, other things that we tell kids, and, and this is a true story from a small group that we had of first graders. Our leader was unpacking the Bible with them and said, Listen, so God loved you so much, he sent Jesus to die on a cross for your sins. Jesus died on a cross, his blood took away your sins, and he's made you as white as snow. To which a first grader processed this. God sent Jesus, Jesus died for me, blood took away my sins, now I'm white. And, and then said, 
so God hasn't forgiven black people. <laughs> no, not what I'm saying. And the leader, like, panicked. Like, no, 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 no. But to a kid, like, that, that was a perfectly logical train of thought for a first grader. So we have to step back and go, whoa, whoa, okay. When we're talking to kids, when you are talking with your own kids, you have to be careful about the things you say on a spiritual level. But let me say this. If you wait until they can process all the things abstractly in the Bible to tell them things abstractly from the Bible, you'll be too late. So start with this, this like foundation. As we talk about these other phases, start with this foundation. Kids need to know that there is a God who loves them. Foundation. You tell your kids every single day you love them and that God loves them. Because that's what they want to know. Is anybody going to like me? You say, God loved you so much, he loved the whole world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not die, but have eternal life. As your kids reach that fourth and fifth grade age, this is where they're phased. They're, they're not quite middle schoolers, but they're in that like preteen phase. And they start to ask the question, yeah, but will you still like me? Will my friends still like me? Will God still like me? Even if I dot, dot, dot. And they start to get a little rebellious and rambunctious. And it's not because they're bad kids. It's because they just are trying to answer the question, will you like me even if I'm not this kid that I have been? Because their bodies are starting to change. And they go, but are you still going to like me? And that's where we go, yes. Like God loved you so much he sent Jesus. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for you. Christ died for you before you were you. <laughs> that's how much he loves you. And that's super important that we reinforce to kids over and over and over. Because later on, we're going to throw some abstract concepts at them as they grow in their faith. And it's always going to come back to this foundational truth, though. Like, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's what it always is going to come back to. And here at VRL Kidman, we stress this. When a new child walks into the room, the first thing we want is for a leader to greet them and go, what's up, my name's Trevor, what's your name? And we high five and he goes, my name's Ryan. And we go, Ryan, so glad you're here. What grade are you in? Third grade? Awesome. Hey, Tyler, Eric, come here. And I call over two other third graders and I go, this is Ryan, this is Tyler, this is Eric. What, what, what are you guys playing? Foosball? Awesome. They go over and play foosball. Ryan knows that. I want to be his friend. Tyler wants to be his friend. Eric wants to be his friend. We go and sit down together. We have a story. He learns that Jesus likes him and wants to be his friend. And it sets the foundation for everything else your kids are going to learn as they grow spiritually. Here's the important thing to remember about this, though. They're very receptive to this, to this gospel, to God's love. But it's just a phase, so we can't miss it. I am super, super excited to be here and just to be a part of what God is doing here at Valley Real Life. It's so much fun. And, and I've got to be honest with you guys. I love working with middle school students. Like, I absolutely love it. And most of the time, I get a funny look when I tell people that. They're always like, what? Are you sure? Like, we're talking about middle schoolers, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, middle schoolers are awesome. And then every now and then, I'll get, like, a parent that pulls me aside. They're like, okay, we got to talk to this guy. They, like, pull me aside, and they're like, is there something wrong with you? I'm like, no, not at all. Well, I mean, yeah, probably, but not in this instance. Like, middle schoolers are awesome, right? They're wild and they're crazy, and I absolutely love working with them. And you know what? The beautiful part about a middle school student is when you get in front of a, a group of middle schoolers, they tell it like it is, okay? They don't hold anything back. I was out doing an assembly last year uh, down in southern Idaho, and, and, and it was with middle school students, and it was very interactive, 
And so they were asking questions back and forth. And so this one young lady, she shot up her hand, and she was, like, really adamant. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be a good question. Like, this is going to be awesome. She's like, like, she had a funny look on her face and everything. And I was like, okay, I've got a call on her. I'm like, yes, you, yes, what's up, what's up? And she goes, you are so weird. <laughs> I'm like, thank you, that's great. That's not a question, but that's great, right? Middle schoolers are so honest through this, through this phase of life, and I love it. And you know what? As parents and leaders, we watch our, our, our young, cute little boys and girls, and they turn into these other humans, and we're not really sure what happened in between, uh, but we're still trying to figure it out, right? They come back from kids' camp, and they chat your ears off for hours and hours and hours, and you're thinking, how do you describe a three-minute story in 45 minutes? I don't know how you do it, but you do. And then they come back from middle school camp, and you're like, hey, how was it? Like, was that a response? Like, that's all you get out of them, right? They stop talking to you, and then you get to where they come home from school every single day, every single week, and you can't get anything out of them. Like, they don't talk to you at all, and you get really excited when you get a shoulder shrug. How was school? Eh. Yeah, you talked to me. Thank you. Yes, that's awesome. It took 31 days, but we broke the cycle. It's fantastic, right? And then they start changing their looks. They go to school, and all of a sudden, they come home with spiky hair and bright-colored clothes, and you're like, I don't know what's going on. Who are you? And then the one time that they finally open up to you, you're trying so hard not to be critical, right? But you literally don't understand what they're saying. Like, they come home, and, and Mom, it was so awesome. You should have seen it at school today. It was so lit and totally dope. <laughs> what? You want to run that by me one more time? Like, was that a complete sentence? Did you use those words properly? I don't know what you're saying right now. And there's this communication barrier. It's such a crazy phase of life. But you know what? I love this phase. And I call this the who am I phase. Who am I? Because in all of their actions and nonverbal communication, they are screaming at you, who am I? They have all of these outside pressures. They have friends that want them to act a certain way, want them to talk a certain way, want them to dress a certain way. And then they have social media pressing them this way. They have parents pressing them this way. All the while, they go from being four foot six inches tall and 75 pounds to five foot 10 inches tall and 195 pounds in three months. <laughs> like they're confused. <laughs> they don't know what's going on. Like, how in the world? I picture you being a fully grown adult, right? You're 35 years old, and in three months' time, you add eight inches to your height and like 85 pounds. Like somebody's gonna be like, "Hey, is everything going okay in your world?" Like, <laughs> right? It's crazy. And then they get to a point where they don't think anybody understands them. My parents don't understand me. I barely understand me. My friends don't understand me. And the beautiful part about it all is that we know that. God understands, right? God understands what they're going through. God sees them. God knows them. So we're going to be taking a look at Psalms chapter 139. And I love this set of scripture. Verse 1, it says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. Verse 11, it says, If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. And in verse 14, it says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You see, God understands. And they are made wonderful and unique and awesome and special. And this is such a crazy, amazing phase of life. But God understands. And so when they come to you and they're crying out to you, who am I? Right? When they change the way they look and they act differently and they talk differently, who am I? When they act out, who am I? And then when they ignore you and they don't talk to you for months on end, who am I? You see, as leaders and parents, we have a distinct opportunity to be able to come alongside our students and to be able to walk with them toward God because God knows them and God understands them. And you know, the most amazing thing that I get to witness is a middle school student finding Jesus. Like, that's amazing. Their whole life changes. It's like the lights turn on, right? And they're on fire and they're excited and they tell all their friends. It is absolutely amazing to watch a middle school student come to Jesus and say, that's where my identity is. Because the fact of the matter is, we can never truly answer the who am I question without Jesus. Jesus answers that question for us. And so in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, see how very much our Father loves us. For he calls us his children, and that is what we are. So as your students are crying out to you, who am I? And they're confused, and they're going through all these different pressures in life. We have an amazing opportunity to be able to say, you are a child of God. And that's awesome. So I challenge you to lean in, lean in emotionally during this phase. It's pretty easy to discredit and say, you know, it's going to pass. They'll be in high school soon. But lean into this phase and come alongside your student and say, you know what? I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to walk with you because this is an awesome phase. This is such a fun, exciting phase of life. So don't miss it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for our middle school students, and we're thankful that, that they get to be their own unique individuals, and that they are finding who they are in you, God. I just pray to you that they will all walk toward you, that they will seek you for that guidance and for that identity, God. And my prayer is that, that we as, as leaders, as parents, can walk alongside them and say, let's go this way. I'm here. I'm here. God understands. We love you and on all your things that you're doing through our, our students and through this church, God. You're amazing. It's in your name we pray. Amen. In my time working with high school students, I get a chance to ask a lot of people who've graduated high school. And I, I, I tend to see a trend that, that most people either loved high school, they loved those four years, or they hated high school. So let's do a little test here. If you love your four years of high school, or maybe you're still in it, love being, it's present tense, uh, raise your hand. Loved it, okay? Uh, and if you hated it, hated those four years, okay? Okay, yeah, 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 it's, it's pretty split there. See, high school can be a crazy time, an absolutely crazy time. Think about it. For the first time in a student's life, their grades actually matter beyond that grade right? Grades are now having consequences beyond that year and beyond that class. Freedom is achieved at rates much higher than any other phase, uh, at least if you can pass that driving test, right? There, there's so much in this phase fighting for your attention, whether it's school or sports 
or friends or family or dating or work or whatever it is, right? And you know that college or future is right on the edge. So much is fighting for your attention. This phase can be a challenging one, right, parents? Amen? But students, this phase can be a challenging one as well, right? It's challenging. But I don't think there is a more pivotal season of a person's life to capture their potential than these four years in high school. See, the drama, the acne, the rebellion, all of that is going to pass, I promise. But with it, so may pass the opportunities to instill in them a faith that lasts a lifetime. See, whether at home or school, church, sports, or whatever extracurricular activities we do, high school students are searching for one thing. High school students want to know that they belong somewhere. They want to know that they belong somewhere. And if you start to watch high school students, whether you have your own or you are in high school, if you start to watch them, you'll notice that they will, they will gravitate their decisions around the people that help them belong. And as parents, sometimes that makes you nervous because what if the wrong group of people invites me in? And students, that may make you nervous because you're, what if I get caught up with the wrong people that they make me feel so welcoming? But students will gravitate the decisions on where they feel like they most belong. They, they've gone through this phase of, will they like me? They've gone through the phase of, who am I? And they're, they're, they're kind of becoming okay with who they are, but they will start to modify it slightly if certain people they like accept them. See, here, we believe that everyone, every high school student belongs in the church of Jesus. We believe that. In fact, we can look at Jesus' ministry, his three years of ministry on this earth, and we can see that he spent his time pulling people close to him and reminding people that they belonged with him. There's a story of Jesus with this tax collector, like the scum of the earth type of person. And he walked up to his booth and he said, hey, come be with me. Let's go have a meal. Let's talk about what that looks like. And the Jewish people were like, what are you doing? He's not welcome. And he's like, no, he belongs with me. There's a guy, there's a little guy, his name's Zacchaeus. He climbs to the top of this tree just to catch a glimpse of Jesus. Jesus sees him, he's like, oh, I can work with that. Zacchaeus, you belong with me. Let's go have lunch. And the people around are like, no, you don't, know, you don't know who he is. And Jesus is like, no, I know exactly who he is. And he belongs with me. He brought the people close to him, and then he sent them out. He invited them close, and then he sent them out so that other people could come close to him. And in the high school phase with our students, whether it's here or it's at home or wherever they find themselves, we want to create places where students can belong so that we can mobilize their potential. I hear a lot. I read a lot about this generation and, you know, my generation, all that stuff, and, and Constantly in that high school phase, that young adult phase, I hear, man, they're just selfish. They're focused on themselves. They're, they can't do anything right. And it's obviously people who have not worked with high school students, right? Because the video that we got to play of our camp highlight was shot, edited, and music produced by high school students in our ministry, right? Like, I get to watch high school students every single week invest in their peers 
Invest in the kids that are coming behind them. And I get to see that, man, high school students know that you have no greater potential than when you're in high school. To make an impact. Yeah, maybe people are expecting very little of you, but God is expecting very great things of you, and he's not waiting for you to grow up. Know this. See, when we mobilize high school students' potential, we approach what Paul wrote about in Colossians. He says, he, meaning Jesus, is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, like everyone, not just the ones we like, everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone, again, everyone, fully mature in Christ. That's our goal, right? When they graduate, that's our goal. To this end, I, he's meaning Paul, but like I, representing even just our high school team, we strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in us. I don't have a high schooler of my own yet. I spent the last decade of my life working uh, with them, but I don't have my own yet. And I, I kind of look forward to that phase. I, I have uh, two kids with one on the way, and, and my, my daughter who's four and my son who's two, like, they're kind of in that toddler phase, and I don't get the toddler phase, okay? Like, it's, it's a struggle, let's be honest. But, like, I, I'm praying now for their high school phase. And when they complete that high school phase, like, I, I have hopes and dreams for them for that. That they can operate without me. That I've spent my energy coaching and prepping them to be successful in their faith and in their life. That their faith is not built on my faith. Just because I'm a pastor, I know that their faith is not going to be strong. But they can make their faith strong. But also in their lives. To do this, I'm going to need to give them space to fail. To make mistakes. Anytime I, I talk with parents, I, I encourage them. Give your high school students space to fail. It's better now than when they're mid-20s and they're on their own. Give them space to fail. But I want my kids to know that no matter when they fail or how they fail or where they go or where they run, there's nothing they can do that excludes them from our family. That they will always have a place at our table. And they will always belong with us. And it's true for God's family as well. I don't, I don't know what all they do throughout the week, but they always have a place here with us. See, all high school students, all middle school students, all elementary students, you belong here. Know that. You belong in the church of Jesus. And the reason this is, is because you belong with God, that the God who created everything in this universe, who sent his son to die to redeem it, he did that for you, and he calls all of you back to him. And the funny thing is, is we can talk about high school students in that, but it's true for all of us. Because we're all still searching for a place to belong. We all are. We're still looking for that place, and my hope is that high school students can find their place here. But it's also my hope for everybody in this room. See, because God is the one who tells us who we are. Culture may try and do it, our parents may try and do it. Our friends may try and do it. But God's the only one that should stick. He calls us a child of him. He's the one that says who we are. And he tells us that we belong here. Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for an opportunity to come and celebrate the kids and the students in this church and the heart behind our team on how we want to reach every middle school, elementary student, and high school student in the valley. Lord, would you give us the energy to just strenuously push through that? 
Would you allow us to, to come alongside parents and families, knowing that each of us can't do this alone? We need you and we need each other. Would you allow us to do that better together? Lord, you have called us. You have identified us. You have redeemed us. And you are calling us to go out and remind everybody in the entire world that we meet that there's nowhere we can run, there's nowhere that we can hide, that you, your grace will pursue us and will pursue us recklessly so that we can understand that we are your child. In your son's name we pray, amen.